All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Before we get started, we'd like to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects. We also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode. We simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes. Thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show. Wow, everyone, it has been a minute, but guess what? We are back, episode 16 of the Uncommon Gem Podcast. Man, I miss this show. Man, I miss recording, but but I'm just so happy to be back. Honestly, it's like episode one all over again, just the same jitters, that same feeling. It's like, I, I'm not an NBA player, but I imagine it's like, you know, when you're injured and you just get back on the court, you know, you're shooting free throws already. But yes, very happy, very excited. Thank y'all for being patient. Thank y'all for tuning in to the older episodes, checking them out. And yeah, we're, we're going to keep rocking now. We got a whole lineup of guests, very exciting people coming up on the show, very unique, diverse people coming on the show. So I hope you look forward to it. Folks, I'm really, truly, honestly happy about the guests we have on today. I met this person working in the hospitality industry a couple years back, and the minute I met her, I just knew this was going to be a star one day, just because she's in such an energy, you know, cannot be contained kind of energy too. She is an actor, a writer, an entrepreneur, truly a real talent. Folks, please welcome to the show, Camille Upshaw. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, <laughs> yes, we did meet in the hospitality. <laughs> I won't say any names, but yes, we met there. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that was probably the best place to meet you too, because that was definitely a terrible environment. However, you made the best out of it and definitely... You made sure you, you got your shines worth, but it was cool because uh, we worked with a lot of other actors too, so we did. oftentimes we, did. we would help you rehearse some of your roles and all that stuff, so that was a real fun part of the job. Yes, yes, <laughs> I did meet a lot of cool people there. That was the best part of the whole thing. Um, I actually just talked about that job in an audition recently. That's crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that job alone, but right. yeah, It is surely in the past, and especially after COVID, it is way back in the past. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Camille, let's talk about you. It's been a minute since I've seen you. How you been? I, again, have been blessed. I've been blessed. We all know this was quite a year. I mean, it's been quite a time. We're still in it. I mean, bands are lifted. However, people are still affected. But it has been such a eye-opening time. Before the pandemic, I booked the role of my dreams in this play. Like, I was like, oh, I have to do this play. Like, the moment I saw this play, this was back in 2016, is a play called Skeleton Crew by a woman named Dominique Maruso, who is from Detroit. And the play is about people who work in the plant and car industry back in Detroit. And you know, I'm from Detroit. It was just the whole thing. From the moment I saw it in 2016, I'm like, I have to do this. I have to do this. This was 2016. I got cast in a show in 2019. So three years later, <laughs> that it was in Florida. It was in Florida. So when I was there in Florida, that's when talks about COVID was happening and you know after shows we do like talkbacks we do meet and greets with people so we're shaking hands Ooh. we're doing all types of stuff 
hugging people. Yikes. Which seems, <laughs> right. It, that's crazy, which seems so far-fetched nowadays. We're just, you know, we're just learning about it. This is when Kobe Bryant died. Just all types of stuff. And excuse me, my, I live right outside of a train, so sorry. Oh, you know, I live right here in Brooklyn, so Lord only knows what's about to happen in just a minute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then I returned to New York at the beginning of March. I was here for only like two weeks and boom, COVID was full in the flesh. Mm. Okay. So I was like, sure. Okay. Yeah. COVID. Like I was like, I'll go home for two weeks. My hometown, Detroit. I'm like, I'll go to Detroit for two weeks. I only packed for two weeks because I'm expecting to return to Brooklyn to my apartment. And it was just new shit every day. I was like, oh my God. When will I ever go back? Like all of my jobs were on hold. Like I was ready to go into rehearsal for another play. Was coming, like when I'm not doing my artistry, I'm teaching it in the New York public school system. So like the New York school is shut down. All of my rehearsals shut down. Everything was just gone. Everything that I built my life around was suddenly just like snatched away. And I just think that happened for a lot of people. So you're kind of just forced to realize who you are without all of the things that you feel like make you the man, you know, make you make you who you think is important. I mean, you are important, but like it really just made you sit with yourself and like, damn, okay, so what about me? Like, what, what do I like without all of these things, without all material things, without all the shit that people see on gram, like who, what, what is this? Who is this person? <laughs> who is this? <laughs> uh, I should mention now, Camille does love to sing. That is one thing I definitely I, remember about. And I don't know how to sing, but I don't. Know. Listen, if I find out how to sing, it's over for you, bitches. <laughs> It was my first time, like, going into therapy during this pandemic. I have always said, like, I'm going to go to therapy. And then I always talk myself out of it. I'm very aware. I, I know what's wrong with myself. I could talk to myself about it. I, I know while I'm, while I'm in this rut. But therapy is so much more than that. And I'm so happy that I was kind of like, I personally just couldn't take all the shit that was going on. It was the pandemic. Plus, just being Black in America, just everything like it was just a lot and I was like oh yeah I have to talk to somebody about this like I might just stay in my bed and sleep my life away like that's how it felt so therapy really helped being around my family really helped I hadn't been at home that long since high school it was an adjustment for sure but I never thought that there would be a time where I would get to see my family every day like that. And I'm, I'm grateful for that time. My sister had just had a new baby. So like I was Aww, blessed. I was able to be able to help her. Like it was crazy because the baby was fresh at the start of the pandemic. And now the baby is one and it's still a <laughs> pandemic. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're still here. But I recently moved back to the East coast because I'm like, okay, shit is starting to roll again a little bit. And and it was time for me to be back in my own space. I was like, all right, I had enough. Well, there's never enough family time. But I was like, all right, time for me to just, you know, be on my own. I recently moved 
So I'm 20 minutes away from Manhattan. I didn't move back to New York. I moved to Jersey because I wanted to live on my own. I knew I could not pay a million dollars for a one bedroom in New York and still live my life comfortably. So I am here, okay, where I can uh, afford it and live my life the way I want to live it but yeah so like I had my first in-person audition in over a year yesterday yeah that feeling was awesome like I haven't had that in so long like all the auditions have been self-tapes which has been a whole thing because sure we self-taped before corona but like self-taping all the time for every single thing and like they were being super technical about how everything looked (laughs) um especially since we weren't in the room so it was like i had to be the sound guy i had to be the lighting guy let me make sure the set is right like it was it was a lot but it was a challenge it was crazy being back in that room oh i was like damn this is why i do this shit like i'm having so much fun (laughs) I also filmed May, I guess, my television debut during the pandemic. That's right. You know, I was on HBO. I I just happened to be watching some HBO show. Yeah, that damn Michael Shea. That damn Michael Shea. That's right. And there she was. I was so excited to see that. <laughs> I was all like, listen. And that was an audition that, I, again, was a self-tape. It was only a few lines, but if you know me, like I love comedy shit. I love sketch comedy. So my manager is like, yes, yeah, under five. I'm like, is that shit comedy? I'm still doing it just to have that opportunity. And it was an HBO Max credit. Right. Why the hell not? It was it was definitely a great opportunity. A great casting director who I just feel like I'm building a relationship with. Definitely a great show. And like, I want to be on that shit again. I'm going to be on another comedy <laughs> show. Sure. I'm speaking that. Yeah, what else is going on? I started a business during this pandemic. Yes, please. Let's talk about it. She is an entrepreneur, folks. We got to give her some love. Yes. Okay. Let me tell you, running this business, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. I don't (laughs) know shit. It's crazy just learning a new skill. You should never stop learning. Um, But like, damn, when you got to start from the bottom. So herbs and essential oils were always something that like I was interested in but I was so my mind was acting 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 that's it that's another thing about the pandemic it just opened me up to other things that I I love and that I am interested in and it's okay to love and like those things outside of acting Mm -hmm. because before I'm all like it's just acting full-on I'm an artist (laughs) but like Yes, honey, we know you're an artist. We know you're an actor. You're going to be that forever. But you're a human being as well, and you like other things. Herbalism and, like, natural remedies are always something that has been in my family since I was younger. Like, my grandmother made this nasty-ass cough syrup. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, and since I was younger, it was it was just black. It was thick. Ugh. Anytime she heard someone cough, she would get the biggest spoon in this jar and just literally pinch your face until your mouth opened and like shoved it down your throat. It was too much. But I watched her make that. She would like make it end of summer, fall and put it in the refrigerator to keep it like for winter. I would just watch the whole process. She was just very big on like not taking like medicine and shit like that. Very just just 
always looking for a natural remedy. So I just kind of took a liking to that, but never really delved into it. But during the pandemic, I started like researching, I started taking classes, I started really studying it. And my friend who owns a plant boutique, I'm just going to do a shameless plug. Yes, it is a Black-owned plant boutique, leafme.co. You could go visit there. Um, But yes, she was all like, you should come to this farmer's market with me and like sell your, this is when I was just getting started, like mixing things up. She was like, you could sell it. Like, she was like, it's people out here, like you have stuff that's better than them, like you can come. I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, I literally just made this like last night. What do you mean sell it? She's like, I'm telling people about it. It was just the regular amber roll-on bottle. I didn't have a label. I didn't have anything. I get all of this stuff together in less than 24 hours to bring it to the farmer's market. And a few people bought some stuff and it was like, oh, it smells so good. Oh, this, this tea, like, I can't wait to try it. And I was all like, okay, I actually, I didn't sell everything. But for me to sell even one thing that day, right, I was right. like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, wait, somebody I bought must be onto something. <laughs> I must be onto something. So I came back the next week and it was like the same customers, like they came back. They was like, oh, I was hoping you would be here. I let this person smell it. I let this person. I want to get it for this. And like, so I started doing the farmer's market last summer, every Thursday. It was every Thursday. So I started going there like every week, building a clientele. I'm still very new. I'm still very new at this. Still, still, still. Um, Still learning a lot. Because like I said, my whole life was just about acting, acting. So, you know, I, I, I can tell you something about acting, but running a business is hard mm-hmm. especially when you're by yourself and i'm doing stuff that is very specific like measurements this amount that amount so like people are like you need help and i'm like mm, i don't know if i trust anybody right now because everything is so particular <laughs> yeah but it is called infinity and the website is shopinfinity.com it is infinity a- but like the t is like t-e-a like yes yeah. t-e-a yes a wellness and lifestyle brand that just promotes healing through natural herbs and essential oils. I think it's very important for us to really use what the earth gives us. Like that helps me. And I'm gonna just put this out there because I had COVID. I had COVID. Mm-hmm. I had it a whole year later at the end of March. And everybody could not believe I had COVID because I'm a double masker. I'm a stay in the house. I'm a give me six feet. So when I got it, everybody was like, what, 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 what? And like having COVID took me away from my business. Mm -hmm. It took me, it just took me away. Like I couldn't make people stuff. I couldn't be breathing over this shit. I couldn't be handling packages. Like, so it took me away from that. So I'm all like, damn, well, damn, this is a downfall of being an entrepreneur and like you're not having a team. Like, like if orders are coming in, like you just have to kind of be like, well, you kind of have to wait. Like it's just fucked up. And I'm not saying to not use prescribed medicines. Please, please do do yeah. not do that, yeah. especially when like there is a serious health concern. But I personally just tend to turn to natural medicine of the earth. And I was just in there doctoring myself up. For that whole 14, like my mom and dad, they were like calling me like, oh, are you okay? And I'm just, and and I thank God that this was a 
mild case like shit was going on like COVID is crazy because it's like a new thing every day like why you have it like well for me it was it's different with different people but like I'm in there stirring shit up making teas making tinctures and they're just feeling like a witch like (laughs) (laughs) making stuff up like and just healing my body and these things help me but yeah Started a business during the pandemic, still learning. We're still very small, still growing. Yeah, I'm 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 very proud of it. And I'm I'm happy that it's something that I stuck with as well. So as you should be. And I really like that you said that, you know, it's like something that your family grew up on, like how your grandmother taught you like these kind of ways, because it kind of shows that like for folks, it's an audio podcast for folks that have never seen Camila. She literally looks like she's fifteen years old. Like it's incredible. <laughs> So very clearly she knows how to take care of herself. Very clearly she she knows the ways about how to treat your body appropriately. So I think it's important that that you've learned those kind of methods and are using it in your own business, you know? Yes, absolutely. You got to keep that up. Keep that legacy up from your grandparents. Absolutely. But yes, that's what I've been up to. (laughs) Incredible. You know, it's funny because obviously, you know, living in New York, you'll meet all types of characters, especially like in the acting field. But one thing I got to say about Camille is that just the moment I met her, I knew she was a hustler. I knew she was always going to go get it and always go for the grind. But yes. honestly, the fact that you're doing so well and the fact that you're like constantly pursuing new stuff, it always is really exciting to see. So, folks, please check out Camille. Please follow her on the Instagram. Please follow her wherever she's at. Because she, she's going to be yes. big one day. You know, she's going to be on to something one day. And trust me. Yes, honey, it's, <laughs> it, it's coming. It's coming. I already receive it. The day is already there. It's just waiting for me to step into it. Exactly. But you can follow me on Instagram at cmillie. I'm sure it'll be posted somewhere. Of course. And you can follow uh, my business page at Shop Infinity with the T-E-A. Awesome, folks. Well, as always, this is one of the best segments of the show. We definitely take time to call out a donation, a charity, or a service that the guest really feels is important and also wants to get some love and attention to. So, Camille, do you mind telling the audience what we're talking about today? Yes. So, we are talking about an organization I've called Children of Promise. This, oh, God. (laughs) This whole organization is so beautiful. It actually is just like a hub, a whole center for kids that have incarcerated parents. The reason I found this place was because I was actually a child of an incarcerated parent. And I was like, damn. This whole search started for me in 2017. It was, I was watching a clip, you you know, just random clips on Instagram Mm -hmm. or Facebook or something. And it was like a dance for uh, daughters and their incarcerated dads. And it was like some organization that put this together. I'm all like, wow, that was so sweet. Like, damn, I wish it was something like that where I could have done that with my dad. And then I was all like, I would love to work with the youth of incarcerated children. It's crazy. My dad was in prison for a very long time, um, which is also why I thank God for the pandemic too, because I hadn't been in the house with him for that long (laughs) and forever. An adjustment, but also grateful. But anyways, I basically grew up. I grew up (laughs) 
in the system of uh, the prison system. Like I grew up going there. So I was like six years old to, I think my last time I visited there, I was maybe 23. I grew up, I grew up in this shit. I grew up in there. And basically I just remember seeing like a woman there with her daughter and like me and my mom just kind of became these advocates for, for like families of other prisoners there. Like we would just, you know, help them learn how, how this is going to go when you check in or we just kind of learned the rules of that place because we have been going there for so long. So I'm like, damn, I want to work with children who have been through or who are going through what I went through. So I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm like, okay, places in Brooklyn to help. Just searching up words to see what the hell is going to pop up. So Children of Promise popped up. And I was like, this is amazing. This is right by my house. It was right across the street from the church I attended in Brooklyn. I was like, oh, this is great. Looked it up. It's ran by a Black woman. Her name is Sharon Content. She started this program at her house (laughs) had a few kids and it grew and she just saw how you know what she was doing for the kids like help them in their Mm -hmm. process because having an incarcerated parent it seems like such a normal thing like oh your dad in jail or oh your mom in jail okay that's the thing but it it takes such a toll on you because it's not like oh, your parent passed away or something right. like that. I mean, and I'm not saying that that's better, but it's like, you know, your parent is here, but you can't be with them all the time. Like they're literally caged and locked. You don't know what they're going through. I remember being a kid just thinking about like, damn, I wonder how my daddy going today or worried. Like, damn, I right. hope my dad don't a fight or like, damn, you, you watch movies. I realized that I loved watching prison shit. Like I loved watching prison movies <laughs> or prison documentaries. And I'm like, girl, why? Why? But it's because I wanted to know. I wanted to be, that made me feel like I knew what my dad was going through. It made me feel like I had a better look at what was going on in the inside. And like, just try to get into the mind of that. You just do all types of weird shit. Like when you're a kid, you're away from your parents, especially if it's a parent you're close to and that you have a relationship with. So I'm like, yeah, if these kids was thinking half the shit that I was thinking or going through half the shit that I was going through, I definitely want to show them that you don't have to be a statistic because people would definitely be like, oh, your daddy in jail, oh, you will have a baby by the time you're 16 because you didn't have no father figure. Or, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. But nobody ever knew that my dad was in prison until I told them. Ever, like, in the way that I spoke about my father, because I talked to my, me and my dad, like, maintained a great relationship throughout the whole time. But Children of Promise gives these children the opportunity to see other, Mm -hmm. to see better, to see bigger. They offer therapeutic services like therapy, counseling. They offer tutoring. Mm -hmm. They offer like, like they have different events. They have talent shows. It's great for like kids to get into arts, after school programs, all types of education. 
Yes, yeah. so many educational programs. Like the people at Children of Promise care so much. I've seen it with my own eyes. They have someone who is designated to call the school to make sure that the kids are on their grades to make sure that they're doing well they have a mentorship program and that's how I became involved I had to go through an interview process it was so crazy because most of the people who volunteered there or wanted to become a mentor you know were all affected by mass incarceration just like we all had that feeling of like wanting to give back and understanding what these kids what they've gone through I, I, I just thought like, damn, I wish I had a Children of Promise. This is amazing. So not only are they providing services for the kids, they are providing, you know, sometimes they have family therapy, which is so important because, again, the kid has no idea what the mother or the father has had to go through. It's like we're all doing time together, like, when the parent is away, yeah, they doing their time, but the kid doing their time too. The whole family is doing time. So it's kind of hard. You can't jump out of prison and just act like the shit is all good. We about to go back to living our lives. You cannot do that. And the kid has gone through trauma. There's a feeling of abandonment sometimes. There's anger there for sure. There's some sadness. Like there's just a wave of emotions. And then the the parent, there's probably a feeling of guilt. Like, fuck, I, I, I fucked up. Like there's a lot going on there. So children, for children of promise to create spaces for families to safely talk and heal what those years apart have done to the family I think that's amazing mm-hmm. it's really a safe haven honestly 100% it's yeah for these kids because if it's if it wasn't for children I promise some of these kids may have never went out of the block that they live on on Brooklyn like these people take these kids to so many different places in New York in different boroughs, introduce them to different things, different communities, different activities. Kids have fallen in love with with certain crafts there that they probably, you know, didn't know they liked. And again, Miss Sharon Content, like, she's really a boss for this organization. Like, I really look up to her, like this black woman did this, made this organization and like so many kids' lives are being changed. Like I said, I I was a part of the mentorship program where it's, it's a little bit more personable. You get paired, there's an interview process. And that's another thing I love about Children of Promise. They're very careful with who they have interacting with these kids. The whole interview process, there's a background check. I'm all like, yes, I love to see it. Make sure <laughs> make sure there's no creeps or no weirdos. Oh, around. Yep, because yep. these kids have already just been through so much. So I went through my interview process and then like, they ask about like your interests and what you like to do. And they just sort of pair you up with a mentee that likes some of the same things. So I got paired with my mentee. She was eight at the time and she's going to be 12. She's going to be 12 next week. 
And just to see her grow, sort of like the little sister I never had, it was kind of rough for a little minute because of the pandemic and I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And I tried to talk to her as much as I could. But like now that I'm back on the East Coast, I'm happy to be back near her so I could visit her a little bit more. But just to see the growth of the child, it, it's amazing. And just to see how they interact it's also a process to watch how they interact with the parent that may have been incarcerated now. And like just helping them navigate that a little bit, just being that shoulder to lean on or feeling like they have somebody to talk to. Like that's that. So important. Yeah. So important because again, I truly wish I had something like children to promise. Like, I mean, I think I turned out great, (laughs) but, (laughs) but had I had something like Children of Promise, and and I feel like my mom sort of created a Children of Promise for me. Like she tried her best to introduce me. To, my mom kept me in some shit. She kept, and I always was just like, "Girl, why do you have me in this? Why do you have me in this activity? Why do you have me in that?" And I am so grateful for my mom for doing that because that's what Children of Promise is doing for these kids, keeping them active, introducing them to new things. And I think that's very important because like often, see, this is what my mom did though, because Children of Promise is introducing them to new things while also healing what it is they're going through. That's what I was missing in my process. I was missing the talking about it talking about how I felt or talking about how this is affecting my mental state or talking about how this is affecting me as a young human growing up. That was the part that I was missing. And that's where the kids at Children of Promise, they have, they, they, I, I just think they have an amazing setup. Yeah, that, that's my organization. Donate to them. 100%, yes. The website is cpnyc.org. Yes. cpnyc.org. And, you know, really honestly cannot agree any, with anything more that Camille just said because uh, a crazy fact they have on the website is 105,000 kids in New York State. Just New York State. It's not the U.S. You know, they are with someone of an incarcerated parent. And that is just so heartbreaking, especially with seeing how many children are in New York. You know, I, I go out to the subway and I see like 15 kids and I'm sure, you know, it gets to a point where one of those kids might be one of those, have one of those parents. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super important that we help them out. Yes, it is. Please donate to them or just, or look into it. If you feel like it's something that you're interested in, because a kid could always use a mentor. hundred percent. Yeah. They, yeah, like like uh, Camille said, she was a mentor, but they also have volunteer services. They have many opportunities for people to get into. So, you know, yep. if, you, if you feel like being a mentor, if you feel like helping these kids out, that's also another way to go about it. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to hear what Camille has for her Uncommon Gem. So, Camille, do you mind telling the audience what your Uncommon Gem is? So, my Uncommon Gem is a artist named Rex Life Raj from Oakland, the Bay Area. Um, <laughs> I It's crazy because I feel like people in Detroit and the Bay Area connect in this weird musical way. And I was introduced 
to Rex. Wow, I was introduced to Rex the same year I was introduced to Children of Promise. Because <laughs> uh, wow. um, in 2017, I was on like a tour. I was on a tour doing some plays and I had all this time to like discover new stuff. And I was listening to this one of my favorite podcasts called The Friend Zone and that he was like on the Music Man. There's a segment called Music Man. And he was on the Music Man segment. The first song I listened to of his was a song called Level Up. Pull up, I'ma pull up again, popping that big shit. Checking off goals and everything on my wish list. Gave them a chance, they end up back on my shit list. Hopping you niggas like we was hopping them fences. And it just goes like working on my level up. I've been working on my. I'm like, oh yeah, because when am I not never working on my level up? Like I'm always working on my level up. So I was listening to that song like every single day. I'm like, I fuck with him and I love his flow. It's very unique. I'm like, okay. He's very conscious, but not in a cliche way. He talks about mental health. Like, I, I never really heard nobody get down like this. And on the mental health tip, I was introduced to him at a certain point. Like, he was, I think he had, like, maybe two albums. He was two albums in at that point, I think. So I like recently have started going back to his old stuff, mm-hmm. just listening to how he was before. And like he was always like about his mental. He's always sort of been about his mental, but just the evolution of his music. Right. Oh, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I also I took a dive back to like listen to the old stuff and the new stuff, kind of compared the two. And I think you're right. Like every for for one, every time I listen to the song, I was like, damn. I kind of been through a scenario like that or like, damn, exactly. how does he know about my life? Like it's very relatable <laughs> and like real music, but to that point, like def- he produced a lot of his own music too. So it's very important to note. And this earlier stuff, it, like it was very much just the beats, not so much like more instruments adding onto it. But now you listen to like his newer songs, like Bounty has like cool acoustic guitars in the background. Nigga trying to put that Bounty on my head. They won't knock me off my pivot off. Really yes. like, good sense in the background. It's like really like orchestral in a way. And even just the sound, like the production of it. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, the growth, the growth, the growth. <laughs> and I have a few favorite songs. Uh, level up. Level up. I just think just because that's the original and that made mm-hmm. me fall in love with him. He has this song called State of Mind. Uh, <laughs> when I tell you, listen. Listen, because he released this during the pandemic. In state of mind, he said, Cause being broke is just a state of mind. That ain't my state of mind. But mine is mine. I'm gonna take my time. Won't waste my time if we ain't alone. They don't wanna see me shine. Cause being broke is just a state of mind. That ain't my state of mind. What's mine is mine. I'm going to take my time. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you how that shit just hit me so bad in a pandemic. Because first of all, 
I, I ain't gonna say everybody was broke. Right. <laughs> I ain't gonna say everybody was broke. But I'm like, damn, all my jobs just got taken away from me. Like, <laughs> where, 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 where my money gonna come from? But thank God for savings. Thank God for my mom always teaching me to have some money somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but um, and gen- then he's saying, "What's mine is mine. I'm gonna take my time." Like being in the in the industry, period. Like being an actor being a musician being just in this industry you can just be like fuck oh when is my time coming mm-hmm. i've been doing this shit for so long like oh when is it my turn like you just start to feel like that and like he said was mine is mine i'm gonna take my time and i'm like yeah what's mine is mine it's mine so it can't miss me like and I'm gonna keep taking my time. I'm gonna keep going on the pace that I'm working at. Mm-hmm. Um, so he 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 encourages me. Like if if your song can make me cry, <laughs> you really got me. There you go. I think yeah, uh, everyone everyone definitely has that artist, and I think it's really good for him to be your artist, like in this way, because you know, like I said, super relatable and everything. But um, I think it's important that you mentioned that his growth. You know, like is very rare to see an artist. Not so much like change their music, but like stay consistent with their music and still make good, consistent music. You know, like that's the thing. Yeah. And the subject material never really like hinders off of it. Like it it still keeps going up. It still keeps going. I'm like, he's just getting better and better with time. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I just have to, I have to say another lyric because his lyrics hit my fucking soul. (laughs) He said, he said, Put it all in the universe. Still, it ain't gonna work if you don't work. Nobody wanna do the work. Oh, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Cause people be like, all right, I'm I'm gonna put it in the universe. I'm gonna pray to God about it. But okay, you did that, but you still gotta you still gotta hit the pavement. You still have to do the work. Okay, you still gotta do something. <laughs> You still, God is going to take care of God's end, but you just can't just sit there thinking shit right. just going to fall off the sky. Like, you still have to do the work. I'm so, I, it's just this whole verse. <laughs> of course, of course. But honestly, when you think about your career, when you think about what you've done too, it all like definitely it, adds up to you. You have definitely never sat down and just been like, all right, God, whenever you're ready. You've definitely gone I, out and sought it. You've definitely gone to make sure you get it, you know, like. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a way different story than a lot of people who feel more comfortable and just waiting for it. Exactly, because I I can't wait for shit. Like I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna wait on my time, like you said, with mine is mine. I'm taking my time, but in the meantime, I'm gonna do what I can do in that moment. And another thing about Rex, he just lost his mom. Oof. He just lost his mom. He spoke about his mom in some of his songs. She, I believe, she had cancer. Yeah, she had cancer. I guess he was feeling a way about not releasing no music at the time. And I'm like, I sent him a message. Like, I, I sometimes I message him and he sometimes he'll respond. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want you to feel pressured to release music or hurrying up to try to get a product out when you're grieving right. your mom. <laughs> Oof, couldn't even imagine. And, like, my heart really goes out to him. But, like, he's very transparent. 
it's just he's trans it's the transparency for me right it's the transparency for me and like i guess which is why it's so clear for me to see his growth and just like when he's been when he lost his mom he was all like you know y'all i haven't been able to make music but this is what i have and like he released like three songs he has a song called Make it shake. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and I'm make it shake. That is my shit. Even to be able to make music during a time like this. And I know oftentimes our craft could be our therapy, but it's also like when you have a following, you want to make sure you don't lose the shit or you want to make sure people still hit to you. And I'm just like, you're sweet. You you already got me. So I'm going to wait until you heal. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I'm going to wait because what he's going through is a lot right now. Like right. that's a lot. And that's, that's one thing just like about being in the spotlight or like, it's, it, it can, some, you can see it a lot often with mainstream, you know, people lose their own self, you know, they become this, the shadow or a shell or some different human entirely. And people change. I'm not saying that's entirely, you know, like out of question, but to become this kind of like, I am now riding Bugattis. I don't, I, that's the other thing. Like, this man very rarely brags in his like songs. It's very rarely bragging. If anything, he's bragging about how he dumped a chick. If anything, like <laughs> he's and when he does brag, hold on. And when he does brag, he also brags about real estate, about right. flipping houses. He so he brags in a different way, and that's right. what I like. So, <laughs> but I fuck with his music. He was actually like into football <laughs> look i know about his also his name is faraji i just love it <laughs> but just he was set to do football and it's just like you know you you have that thing that you've probably been doing it for a while and people expect you to to go through with that and you change your whole shit and then go into music he also had like a question on his instagram the other day he was like, would you rather be a good artist with, like, not so good of a branding or an image, or would you rather be, like, an average artist or a weak-ass artist with popping-ass branding? Like, and I was all like, I'd rather be that great artist because who said your brand can't change? Exactly. Like, the music is still there. Like, and I feel like, this is why I feel like Rex is an uncommon gem, because he's not mainstream and i think he should be mainstream i think that again another thing with being an artist is about your team that you have yeah. like, it's a lot of great fucking people out here man it's so many good people out here but they might not have i'm fuck i'm still building my team right. honestly right. like i've been doing this shit for years i i am now finally feeling like I'm going into the rooms that I've been wanting to get in as far as auditions or I'm meeting people like that I've been wanting to meet. And I've been doing this shit for hella long, Kevin. Like, <laughs> but like sometimes it's about the team that you have or just where you are in your space and in, in your life at that time. And I, and I feel like Rex 
I'm not sure how he feels about labels or anything like that, but I feel like whoever does handle Rex, they have to handle him gently because mm-hmm. I think he is very special. I think his music is long lasting. Like it's not just the oh shit, we about to turn because you can turn up to some of his stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, was say, I really, I really want to get in the car and drive to his music. That's like immediately what yes. I want to do, you know. Yes, it's a it's definitely ride out kind of music. And cause he was all like, I'd rather have a brand. He all like it's niggas out here that's more popping than me, but they lyrics is shit. But they got that brand. He was like, but they got that team. He was like, I'd rather have that. And I'm just like, damn, like, so I don't know what what his process is. I don't know how the music industry works, but I definitely feel like he deserves his flowers. His music is a shit. Like everybody should listen to him. (laughs) Have you? So have you ever seen him live? Never. I've never seen him. Oh, that's got to be your first post-COVID concert. (laughs) I've never seen him live, and like, I was like, okay, so the closest I've seen him do something live is like his colors on YouTube, like his colors performing. But maybe I think too much. Maybe I close my eyes and I dream too much. I just can't be gullible, bro. I sing too much. But I don't want to lose you, though, because you mean too much. I've never seen him live. If I got a chance to see him live, I will fall out. We'll make it happen. We'll make it 2021. He's or maybe 2022. You know, we're already halfway through the year. So I will go to the Bay Area to see him. I will travel to see him. There you go. And I don't usually fangirl over people like this. But I also don't even. I honestly feel like if me and Rex were to meet, I think it would just be chill. Like I think he's a very personable person, and just like he's very chill. I think he's cool, and I think we would hit it off. He wouldn't, he wouldn't shove you out. He would actually have a conversation with you. Like I, He yeah, seems like the kind of person that wants to engage with his fans, too. He does. He does. Uh, one thing he does that I think is really cool is he freestyles a lot on Instagram. I was actually looking at his IG, and like he literally has like freestyles kind of all over. And, of course, him being a great artist like on his own songs, they all fucking slap. But, again, like we we're saying, it's just these raps that are just like speaking of more real causes and shit, even in his freestyles. I think that's so cool, too, that... It's not that him trying out something new or corny. It's really him just like, no, I'm going to give you a thought process. I'm giving you a thought process. I'm giving you something to think about. I'm giving you something to talk about. Like One thing I want to talk about is I was watching some interviews he was on, and uh, he talked a lot, He talks a lot about his influences, and you can definitely like see those influences, but a lot of neo-soul artists. like He very clearly loves Erykah Badu. He very clearly loves D'Angelo, or as, yes. we call, or as we call him on the show here, Dangelo. But because um, <laughs> you know when D'Angelo comes on, you know that that's a certain that's a certain theme of a night. <laughs> um, but no, you can definitely you can definitely see it, and you know I I like it too because there's so many artists from that generation that that dig from the neo soul, but he really like applies it to the music. He really like applies that kind of uh, to to even like the instrumentation of his songs. It's not just you know trap beats. It's like more rhythm, more more stuff going on in the background. Yes, that. absolutely. The production, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, just even the growth of the production, the layers. If you give me a good beat, I could just vibe out, honestly. But a good beat plus the lyrics being 
of substance, you got me for sure. He also just talks a lot about like his past, his past. Like if you could tell me a story, cause again, I'm an artist. <laughs> so like, I'm loving, I, I love storytelling. I love songs that tell a story and I could see the images clearly. Like he does that a lot too. Like the imagery he creates. I'm like, oh, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was there too. I was at that party. I was at I was in that car ride. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I I love that. Kind of like going off to that, but his music videos are so fun. Like you can tell that he very much wants to be a different artist in the way that his music videos are just really wacky and fun. Like they're yeah. not trying to like have him stun or anything. It's like him in a cowboy costume running away or him in an astronaut costume doing something yeah. dumb. But it's st- some yeah. fun stuff, you know. Yes. He also has a song called Canvas. <laughs> and that is very cool. Like it's sort of like on some psychedelic shit a little bit. Ooh. So I, I, I love psychedelic shit. <laughs> it's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. It's a whole vibe. Again, he could get me on a chilled out, get me on a hype mode. He could get me like, okay, I'm in my feelings a little bit. There you go. That's what you want. That's what you want. He's your go-to. He's your go-to, you know, whenever you're in any mood, you know? That's that's the artist you want. I listen to him every day. Every single go. day. Every day. I can't go a day without listening to him. So Camille, do you have any last words you want to tell the audience about Rex Slifraj? Go follow him, listen to his music, and vibe out. Definitely yeah. worth a listen. Definitely worth a listen. You know, Spotify, Apple, you know, you know where if you're listening Idol. to this, you yeah. can listen to his music. So definitely check it out. And follow me on Instagram. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, please tell the people where where are you yeah. at. Follow me on Instagram at cmilly. That is C M I L L I triple E. So that's E E E. And then you can find my business on Shop Infinity. So that is S H O P I N F I N I T E A. Get you some good tea. Support a black owned business. Damn it. You know, these people are out here and they're succeeding. I'm really proud of Camille, too, and the fact that she's doing it for a good cause, trying to make sure people are healthy, trying to live healthy lifestyles. I think it's important. So, yes, definitely shop at Shop Infinity. (laughs) Please, please do support a a growing black business. Folks, again, please check out Children of Promise NYC. That is cpnyc.org. Just a truly amazing cause. You can do so much to help out a lot of people that need the help. And definitely, definitely help out the kids. You know, the kids are the future of the world, so we want to make sure they're set right. Absolutely. Camille, do you have any last words for the people before we go? Live your life and do what the fuck you want to do. And if they don't like you, fuck them. Hey. <laughs> hey. There it is. Camille, always a pleasure. Always good seeing you. I hope you take care and we'll see you soon, okay? All right. Thank you, Kevin. We'll be thank back you. next Friday, folks. See you again. All right. All right.